As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and this is the beginning of the week. And I feel led today to prophesy to you that this is going to be a great week for you. Just take it in Jesus' name. You're going to have some breakthroughs in your life this week. But hey, I'm here with Sister Renner and Paul Renner. And guys, I want to tell you that I just finished reading the New Testament, and it was so wonderful. And now I've returned to the book of Psalms. Denise, I love the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is filled with David's heart and emotion, and there's so much healing in the book of Psalms. And when I read David's Psalms, it's like they become my own prayers. My heart just opens, and I find his words pouring through me toward the Lord when he writes, you're my rock, you're my shelter, you're my shield, you're my fortress, and you do I trust. You've set my feet in a large place. Those prayers of David become my prayers. And I want to encourage you to read your Bible. Make time for the Word of God every day in your life. It's a rule in my life that if I don't read my Bible, then I don't eat. No Bible, no food, and I live by that rule. But Denise, what are you reading in your Bible right now? I'm in Proverbs. I love it. I love it. Home group, welcome. I love Proverbs. And now I'm a meditator. So I've been in Proverbs 3 and 4 for the past few days. Now I can't do that. Denise can stay on two or three verses for a month. I keep moving. I try to read five chapters every day. Well, I'm thinking and thinking about trusting in the Lord with all all your heart and leaning not to your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths because there's the answer to everything trusting in the Lord with all our heart and I just I just get stuck on that Rick I just meditate and meditate on that well that's a good thing to get stuck on and then I get stuck on let not mercy and truth escape you yes. but bind it around your neck and write it on the tablet of your heart and I find that mercy and truth they try to escape us you know the Bible tells us in Psalm 19 that the word of the Lord converts the soul. Amen. It's more precious than gold or honey. Amen. And it's really true when you take the word of God into you, it just it transforms you. It does. You. It cleans you. Paul, what are you reading right now? Right now, I am finishing the four Gospels simultaneously. Oh, I just did that. But first, I, I wanted to say, of course, I grew up in a Christian family, a dad, pastor, teacher, Bible all over the place. But as a child, reading the Bible was always something that was initiated from my parents. Have you read your Bible today? Have you read your Bible today? What did you read in your Bible today? It was always something that they were telling me to do. And right now, as a parent, I'm finding myself doing the same thing. I'm asking That's good. my kids, yes. have you read your Bible today? And for my younger children, I've had to, I set up some parental controls on their telephones. And when they run out of time on their telephone, and they ask for more time on their phone to play games or do other stuff. I say, have you read your Bible? And then they go read their Bible and they call me back and they said that they've read their Bible, ask them what they read. And then I give them more time on their phone. So I'm actually now selling them time on their phones 
through reading the Bible. I that's, don't a know that's a great idea. idea for you or not, but that's a great idea. Anything you can do, do anything you can possibly do to get the Word of God in your children's heart and mind. And so right now, this is working for me. Paul, I have a question. <laughs> I like what, it, what do you remember when you were growing up in our home, what we would do after church on Sundays? Every single Sunday, especially in the car, sometimes at dinner, but especially in the car on our way home, uh, and it was kind of funny because you did most of the preaching, you would say, what was the message about today? And I was kind of like, Dad, you were the one that preached. You should know what the message was about today. <laughs> well, we'd talk about it in the car. And then he'd ask questions like, what did that mean to you? Or what, what is that? How do, you, how do you apply that to your life? He'd ask questions, and we do the same thing now. Well, you know, the Bible says as parents, we have a responsibility to speak the Word of God to our kids when we walk with them, mm -hmm. when they lay down, when they get up. And that's what we were trying to do with you guys. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I chose to implement the same rule in my life that my father just mentioned, no Bible, no food. And then once during an anointed message of another pastor here in Moscow, it was a Christmas message. He said that he and his wife read the Bible through every single year. And at the moment when he said that, and this wasn't a service that I was, you know, obligated to be at. I was there because I loved these guys and they were renting from us and it was just a great service to be in. What do you mean they were renting from us? Well, they were renting from us in our Moscow church building. They don't have their own building. So they asked if they could use our building for their own Christmas service. And we're happy to help them and happy to help other churches in Moscow that need help with facilities. Our church building has become a hub for other churches and other ministries that need a facility to hold events. And so it's been a blessing for many, 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 many Christians and other ministries. And so they were holding their Christmas service in our church building. And since it was in our church building and I love them so much, I decided to join their church service. And I was uh, sitting in church and Bishop Sergei said, uh, we just finished reading through the Bible uh, this year with my wife. We do it every year. And there, there was just a moment there. Don't, don't miss service. Don't skip church. Sometimes there's a, there are moments during a church service when there's faith to receive something. That's right. There's faith to make a decision. And at that moment, I, th I had never, never thought to myself, I could read the Bible through, uh, through at all or through in a certain given of time. I just thought it was too much. I read it every day, you know, I, I read here and I read there and I read something that I think would be helpful, but I never thought that, you know, I could make it a discipline. But at that moment when he said it, it was like all of a sudden I received the faith to do it. Immediately, I received the faith to read the Bible through every single year. And I think it's been over 10 years now hmm. since hmm. I, I received that. And ever since then, I've read the Bible through every single year. Now, sometimes I just read it book by book, page by page, but mostly I like to read it chronologically, meaning as the events unfolded, not as they're collected in the Bible, because the books of the Bible are not necessarily collected as the events unfolded. By the way, if you don't know how to do that, reach out to our ministry. We will send you a Bible reading plan. We'd love to. And so right now I'm actually reading all four Gospels simultaneously. That's a great way to do mm. it. And, and you see, you get a picture from all different sides. If someone says, why are there four Gospels? Uh, wouldn't one be enough? Well, if four of you go see the same movie and you walk out of the movie, everyone's going to tell a different story. Mm -hmm. And if 
a bystander that wasn't in the movie hears all four of you talk about the same movie, he's probably going to get a better understanding of what the movie was about. Well, it's kind of the same with the life of Jesus. There are four different people that experienced the ministry of Jesus at the same time, but from different viewpoints because and, they were different age, different background, different professions. And none of them are conflicted in what they tell. It's amazing. They all tell the exact same story, a little bit different. Some add more detail, some add less detail. Some tell a story that they Can I give an example? Tell. Luke was a doctor. Mm -hmm. So when Luke tells his details and talks about healing, he adds details that other guys can't do because he was a doctor. He adds medical words to describe certain sicknesses that were healed that the other guys who were fishermen could not do. Mm -hmm. Or, for instance, Peter's gospel or the gospel of Mark. Right. Mark ended up co-authoring the gospel of Peter because Mark actually wrote the book of uh, Mark from Peter, as Peter dictated it, mm. it was probably written later in Peter's life, meaning he was mm. sharing details that, he, that seemed more important to him at a later age. Mm -hmm. So there are different aspects of the same story. Read the Bible, enjoy it, read it every day, and I just hope that you just find it to be enjoyable. You know, the older I get, the more right. I love the Bible. I thought I didn't know I could love it anymore. But the older I get, the more I am amazed about the Bible and Denise I'm learning so much. Right now I'm writing a brand new book called Apostles and Prophets. And the reason I'm writing that book is because I think there's a lot of nonsense today being taught about apostles and prophets. And I just felt like the Lord wanted me to bring kind of a balance. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm so perfect, but I just felt like I was supposed to bring my part. And I am learning so much as I study the Bible. It is amazing. Anyway, Mr. Renner, thank you so much. But I want us to jump right into our subject. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Let's go back to our anchor verse, which is Galatians 5.16. Paul says, This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And just very quickly, I'm going to read the RIV of this verse. I love this translation. Make the path of the Spirit the place, the place where you habitually live and walk. Become so comfortable on this spiritual path that you learn to leisurely and peacefully stroll along in that realm. Living your life in this spirit realm is the best way to guarantee, the Greek here is very strong, to guarantee that you will not allow the yearnings of your flesh to creep out and fulfill themselves. And then in verse 19, he says, now the works of the flesh. And we've seen that the word works, the Greek word erga, describes hard labor. And my friends, I want to tell you, there's nothing harder than what the flesh produces. <laughs> the flesh will cause you to be negligent, lazy, non-productive. What the flesh produces is just terrible. And it's called the works of the flesh. The word flesh, the Greek word sarkos, which describes your base fleshly instincts. If you let your flesh have its way, it will ruin your life. I always say, if you don't deal with your flesh, your flesh will deal with you. You need to know that. And then Paul mentions the works of the flesh beginning in verse 19 to 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. The word manifest, the Greek word phaneros, which means they're latent there all the time, just waiting to pop out. If you give them the space, they will creep out and fulfill themselves. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, 
wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, and revelings. But today we're going to quickly move through envies, murders, drunkenness, and revelings. Are you ready, guys? We're ready. What do you think the Bible means when it says envies? Well, it's the Greek word pathonos, and it really depicts, listen to this, a hostile feeling towards somebody else because he got what you wish you had gotten. Mm. He has an advantage, he has a benefit, he has a position that you don't have, but you would like to have. It's really unbelievable jealousy. It is a despicable feeling toward a person with a perceived advantage that causes you to feel envy and in fact, even to take action to eliminate that person so that what they possess can be passed to you. Mm. And an example of this word pathonos is in Mark 15 verse 10, where it describes the chief priests, and the Bible there says they delivered Jesus for envy. What were they envious of? Well, Jesus had gained quite a following. Those chief priests could not bear it. This radical teacher from Galilee has so many people following him. People are listening to him more than they're listening to us. And really, if you understand Mark 15, 10, they did not deliver Jesus because they thought he was wrong. They didn't deliver Jesus because they thought his teaching was incorrect. They did it for envy. They wanted to eliminate him so that all that attention would come back to them. And anytime that you can't rejoice with somebody else when they've been blessed, that means your flesh is working. God always rejoices. We're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is able to rejoice with others. But when you're moving in the flesh, when somebody gets a house, you might think, why didn't we get a house? Somebody gets a pay increase, why didn't I get a pay increase? That's the way envy works. It can't rejoice with others, and it's a despicable feeling toward anybody that's been blessed more than you. Wow, Paul? Here in Mark 15, 9 and 10, it's actually talking about Pilate and how their envy was so obvious yep. that Pilate knew why they were doing this. They weren't doing it for some uh, religious reason. They were doing it for very fleshly reasons. Pilate could see what was really going on. Yeah. Well, then it mentions drunkenness. The word drunkenness, the Greek word methe, which means strong drink or drunkenness or the consumption of alcohol for the sake of intoxication. Now, some people say, well, can a Christian drink? Well, a Christian can do anything. Now, does that mean that you should? No. A Christian can overeat. Should you? No. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, whether you eat or drink, do everything to the glory of God. And I think rather than to say whether a Christian should eat or drink or whatever, we need to ask the question, can I do this to the glory of God? Can I drink this alcohol to the glory of God, knowing that it might trip somebody else up. Can I do that to the glory of God? Can I drink this alcohol knowing that there's a great alcohol addiction problem and it might cause other people to think that they can drink and then they're going to have an alcohol problem? Can I do this to the glory of God? Probably not. And my friends, I want to tell you to always ask that question. Can I do this to the glory of God? But why do most people drink? Well, first of all, nobody naturally enjoys the taste of alcohol because it's not natural. You have to develop a taste for it. Well, if you have to develop a taste for it, you probably don't need it. But most people drink because they want to get a buzz off of it. Well, that's the activity of flesh. 
And this particular word, drunkenness, means to drink for the sake of a buzz or for intoxication. But again, I just want to advise you, if you can't do it to the glory of God, don't do it. Denise and I and our family, we don't drink at all. But then he mentions in Ephesians 5, verse 18, something else about alcohol. He says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. The word excess is the Greek word asotia. It means a loss of control. There are some people who just drink until they've lost control of themselves. But hey, back in Galatians chapter 5, he then mentions a very interesting word in the King James Version. It's called revelings, the Greek word komas. Here it's plural, so it's not one event, it's many. The word revelings, you know what it describes? All right, Denise. People that are just bored all the time. So they're just running from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to fill their ears, to fill their eyes, to fill their time. They just can't stand the thought of boredom. So they're going to one party or they just can't stand to sit still in the house. So they got to go to the store. It's revelings. It's roaming. It's just wandering all the time to avoid boredom. And you know what? The truth is solitary moments are really good for us because when we have a solitary moment, that's when God speaks to us. You know, I have solitary moments every day when I wake up. Now, I understand needing noise because when I write, noise helps me focus harder on what I'm writing. So usually when I'm writing, music is playing in the background or TV's playing in the background, but I'm not watching. It's just noise. In fact, Denise will often walk in and say, what are you watching? I'm not watching. It's just noise. It just helps me focus. But solitary moments are important for every one of us. The Bible says, as the face is to face, so is the heart. We need to get in a quiet moment where we're able to get in touch with ourselves. If you're not in touch with yourselves, you don't know you. You don't know what you desire. You don't understand what God is trying to say to you. The Bible tells us also to be still. And what? And know that I'm God. Know that I'm God. There's some aspects of God you can only know when you're still. But isn't it really the nature of the flesh to always look for something to do? Flesh is on the move. It's on the prowl all the time. Any comments, Denise? Well, some wise person said to me, I don't know who it was, but they said it to me. They said, if you're bored, that's a sin. And I've thought about that because boredom is you're not entertaining me. Um, it, and I never, I didn't know Rick, it was revelings and, and it's, it's the flesh saying, entertain me, give me something to do. I got to do something. I got to do something. I got to move something. I got to affect something. And, and it's really like, um, an engine. I, I mean, it's like, what's that word? That word that that's not peaceful inside of you. It's, it's, it's agitating. It's not you in control. It's that flesh in control telling you that you've got to do something all the time. To entertain yourself. To entertain yourself. Do you know the word revelings also includes eating for the sake of entertainment? Most people don't eat because they're hungry. They eat because it's entertainment. And even if you talk to people that are struggling with their weight and no judgment because I have dealt with that in my life, they don't eat for hunger's sake. It's just they've been sitting on the couch for a while. They want to do something, so they wander into the kitchen and open the refrigerator to see what's there. They shouldn't do that. 
and they start eating. It's not because they're hungry. It's because they're bored. They just eat out of boredom and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. See, that's what the flesh does. Then you have another problem. The flesh just leads you from one problem to another. Then when you finally decide to lose the weight, you have to buy a whole new wardrobe. That's another problem because now you have to spend all that money. And then if you have excess skin, you got to get it all cut off. That's another major problem. Then you got to go through the pain of recovery. That is another problem. You could have avoided all of it by not reveling, not just carousing and looking for some way to entertain your flesh. Paul? We're all tempted to fill our time and probably fill our time with things that are not productful. Uh, even if you have something to do, you're probably going to want to avoid the constructive, the good thing to do and spend most of your time doing the thing that helps you avoid the necessary things that we have to do. Well, let's use an example. Somebody whose closet is a mess. Their garage is disorganized and they say they don't have anything to do. So they spend money they shouldn't spend going out to eat or going to movies when the truth is they had a lot to do. Or picking up the device that's probably in their pocket and just... Living on the telephone. Scrolling. Scrolling. That's revelings. That's all fits in the category of revelings. And I'm saying that we're not judging anybody because we're all tempted in the same way. The Bible says that we're all tempted in the very same way. And, uh, and uh, my temptation is that if something's bothering me, it's, I don't eat because I, I want to busy myself. I'm eating for comfort. I know that we're getting to the fruits of the spirit and we'll probably start on that tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow. Uh, but often my kids tell me, I'm so bored, I'm so bored, I'm so bored, but do this. Oh, that's boring. I don't want to do that. Can you hear the voice of your own children saying, boring? And as an adult or as a parent, you say, so what? <laughs> Got to do it anyway. Even if you think it's boring, you still have to do it. Yeah. Well, the difference between adults and children is adults have the ability to make the decision to do something that's boring, even if you think it's boring. You have the ability to self-control. It's On, called self-discipline. It's called temperance. That's it's what we're, called it's the, fruit of the fruit, fruit of, of the spirit. spirit. And you can only do it if you yield to the fruit of the spirit, which is what we're about to cover. Yes. And, but we often see in our children, they just, it's, they need our help. That's right, Paul. To get that guidance. Well, we also need help. We all need help. We all need help. And we need help with each other. Like we were talking earlier today about reading your Bible. I ask the guys on my team all the time, what are you reading in your Bible? Mm -hmm. And they ask me, what are you reading in your Bible? We need help. Accountability is helpful. Well, and Rick, the Bible says that as the day draws closer to the coming of the Lord, we need encouragement every single day. Yes, we do, Paul. If you have not picked up Sparkling Gems, it's time for you to pick up Sparkling Gems because everything we're talking about, the uh, work of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit, you could find in Sparkling Gems number one and also a little bit in Sparkling Gems number two. Go to renner.org to find out more about Sparkling Gems and, of course, to pick up the study guide for the program that we're talking about right now. Hey, but we're out of time, but tomorrow we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit and I am so excited about tomorrow. But be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.